gentlemen, welcome back to this episode of UnKT Road. We are honored that you took some time out of your day to join us and to listen to yet another story of an amazing, beautifully ordinary person that does extraordinary things for the people around her. We are, I'm Stacey Johnston, and I am honored as always to be here with my co-host, Cassie Holland. How are you today, Cass? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be here. Excited for the conversation. How are you? I am. I'm well. Uh, again, as you know, I'm always humbled at the people that we get to, an opportunity to have a conversation with and the wisdom that we have the chance to share around the world. So if you're ready, without further ado, I'd love to bring on our guest today. Um, we have a beautiful young lady with us today named Callie Knapp. Callie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? It's fabulous. It's a beautiful day. Things are going well, and we're very, very glad that you decided to take a minute and join us. Um, so, Kelly, how about you kick us off and get us started? Tell us who is Callie Knapp, what do you do, what do you love, and why have you chosen that as your why? Okay, well, <clears throat> uh, I am Callie, and I am a social worker. I work as a mental health therapist for the San Felipe Pueblo in New Mexico. And uh, I chose to become a social worker um, because I just have a heart for helping others, a giving heart. And I just knew without a doubt that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And so with a little bit of research and uh, discussion as I was entering into college, I I chose social work. Um, So I, I currently work as a mental health therapist for a Pueblo, and we provide services for uh, individuals, groups, and families ages five and up. And um, I work out at the equine therapy site, so we use horses as a therapeutic tool um, for mental health, not for physical, it's not the physical therapy like hypotherapy, but it's uh, for mental health services. So we um, provide services for at-risk and high-risk um, individuals, and like I said, groups and families within the San Felipe Pueblo. Um, okay. Go on. So, yeah, I've been with the Pueblo for, oh, I don't know, probably about five years, give or take, and um, really enjoy my job out there and just the ability to serve a community in need. And San Felipe has been just a site for learning. I've grown a lot as an individual and as a professional in working for this Pueblo and serving their community. Mm, beautiful. I've been honored, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to witness firsthand the work that Callie does um, on this Pueblo and within this culture. Um, it's a beautiful thing to see the acceptance that they have for her in the space that she provides for them to just be okay with getting better. It's a beautiful thing. And so, Kelly, one of the things that, that I and Cassie as well are honored to get to know about you is that you also are a rodeo family. And you, um, your husband rodeos and, and you as well kind of grew up in that world. And, and can you talk to us a little bit about how that Western lifestyle, how that rodeo culture fits in to what you do within equine therapy? Yeah. Um, well, growing up with that kind of a lifestyle just, I instilled a foundation that is undeniable. Um, Learning a skill set 
that comes so naturally with the Western way of life, you know, um, basic skills like, well, I say basic, but not in everybody's world are they basic, but, you know, uh, problem-solving skills and um, accountability and drive and motivation and work ethic. And um, those are some things that were just instilled at a young age. And then with having a horse is a part of my life, um, it just brings a whole different level into it. Um, it highly influenced. So when I was coming into my college years and knowing, kind of having an idea of what I wanted to do as a professional, um, my lifestyle in having, uh, coming from a rodeo background and a family that is very heavy on horsemanship and whatnot, um, I think it became very clear that I had the opportunity to kind of bridge gap between mental health and horses or um, even just that hands-on interactive type of learning. And I know, you know, there's a lot of other equine therapy modalities out there, um, but what we're able to do through our program out at the San Felipe Pueblo, um, you know, we do have a heavy emphasis on horsemanship, um, and I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, hands, I mean, equine therapy is considered hands-on interactive um, or experiential learning, and so that comes very natural to us as humans. Um, it's something that children can connect to, um, and it's something that the Native American people within the community that I serve can really connect to. And so I realize now as I'm talking, I'm kind of talking around it, but um, it just so closely connects to my natural lifestyle and way of life. Um, being able to draw metaphors in the work, being able to relate um, that therapeutic experience to uh, real life outside of the therapeutic setting. And, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if I'm really answering the question directly, but um, it just in my heart and in my mind, it just, there's no other way to do this kind of work. Oh, I think you answered it perfectly. You know, there's, there's such a huge difference between book, paper, fact learning, and experiential learning. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go in and share that knowledge via life experience versus do you understand the words I'm saying, right? Because mm-hmm. communication comes in so many forms. And, and healing can, can come in so many forms, right? And when we limit ourselves to, oh, therapy has to be this and healing has to look like this and it has to follow this, we, we mess up what it's about, mm-hmm. Right. And we keep so many people from finding that path, right, of, of getting, you know, hey, I get it when you can relate it to horses or a Western lifestyle, a way of life, a concept. It's such a different path for learning. I think it's a great concept. Absolutely. Um, and as a therapist, you know, uh, a lot of times I'm not the, the prof- I mean, I am the professional, but I'm not like the number one person in that type of a therapeutic setting. Like, the horse oftentimes will take the place of the therapist, you know, and my job is solely to help the client connect with that or process or debrief on it. Um, And it's just a really special, unique kind of process. I mean, I'm not 
um, bashing on traditional ways of therapy, talk therapy. I mean, I think different therapeutic models um, and approaches are absolutely needed, and each person would have to, you know, find what they connect with. Um, but for the Pueblo that I work for, you know, they sought out equine therapy services specifically because of their cultural ties um, to horses and, and the traditions that involve horses. Um, and so it's really a natural fit to the community. And then, you know, experiential hands-on uh, therapeutic approach. I mean, we are not just strictly horses. It's like being able to take a basic game of um, basketball or tossing a football and how can you turn that into a skills-building experience for a kid or... Um, a lot of times it's about showing up, you know, being the role model, model, being the leader, being the change that you want to see within the community um, and just having a positive influence. Beautiful. Cassie, what does that take you? Well, I mean, I, you know, aside from the, the professional part of it, I would just like to applaud you for following your heart and doing what you love because it's making a difference, you know, and, it's harder to make a difference if you don't do what you love. So kudos to you. Um, Thank you. But let's take this in a different direction. If there was a person throughout your journey, throughout your, your experiences and all of the things that you have done in life, is there a person that you would define as your hero? And what is your definition of a hero? Oh, man, that's um, a loaded question. I actually just <laughs> felt kind of tears well up in my eyes because I have a definite hero in my life, um, you know, not going into details about my childhood or anything, but um, my stepdad who, you know, did not raise me as a stepchild. He raised me as his own um, and I don't, I don't identify him as a stepdad. Um, he's my father. He's um, the man who showed up and uh, helped to shape and mold me into the person that I am today. And um, I'm super grateful for him. And I know without a doubt that he is a person that, you know, God brought into my life that was a definite turning point for myself and for my mom and my sister, I think, too. Um, he is somebody that I just am so grateful to have in my life and to look up to. Um, he's a positive role model. He walks the walk, doesn't just talk it. Uh, you know, he's the example um, that every young girl should have in their life. And even as a, a, a grown woman and a mother myself now, um, I still look to him or guidance throughout my life, and then, you know, so grateful and blessed for him to um, be a grandpa to, to my two girls. Um, so I guess in my heart and my mind, the definition of a hero is somebody who shows up and consistently and somebody who is reliable and dependable and, you know, just has a big heart and isn't afraid to share um, their love and their knowledge with you. You know, it's 
when I look at my dad, he's somebody who would give the shirt off of his back um, for anybody in need, and he goes above and beyond for his family to make sure that we have our needs met. And yeah, he's just an outstanding person. So. Yeah. And beautiful. to add to that, he's not just. Um, I, I'm very fortunate. I get to to work with my dad, and so of course in a professional setting, we call each other um, by first names. And but he's the equine director out at the program that I work for, and um, we work really hard to maintain the professional boundary. You know, home stays at home, and um, work stays at work. Um, but he's also been a huge guide to me coming into my own as a professional within the mental health field. So, I hope he knows how you feel about him, or I hope that you've taken the time to tell him that, because that's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me tear up. <laughs> so it's right, it got me on the Yeah. Is there a particular life lesson that he's taught you that you would like to share with our audience? Oh, to choose. I mean, the older I get, the more I reflect on, you know, growth and experiences from childhood on up into adulthood. Um, one of his favorite things that you know, I've taken with me and I apply on a personal and a professional level, um, and I think it's more of a horsemanship term that he picked up somewhere along the way, is love, language, and leadership in equal dosages. Um, and that impacts me on a very deep level. Um, it's part of being that role model in my family's life and my children's lives. Um, and then also for the clients and community that I serve, um, it's kind of a, a piece that I share with uh, parents and families that I work with, um, love language and leadership in equal dosages. And if there's an imbalance on one end, um, it creates an imbalance across the board. And um, yeah, that's definitely a concept that he's introduced to me and that I've taken with me. Mm. That's beautiful. Kelly, how many people do you think don't recognize the importance of those three things just individually, much, much less those three things in equal measure. Right. You know, right. Yeah. What's your love language? Yeah. What's your love language and what is that and how do you portray that to other people? And what does love look like for you? Is it, is it in spite of or because of? It makes a huge difference in how you perceive love, right? In leadership, you know, we, you and I got, had the opportunity to even just kind of sit through a training on leadership just to understand your ability to lead by your ability to influence the people around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think so many people don't recognize their capacity to lead, right, their, their ability to love and get comfortable with, with their language. Um, yeah, and what a beautiful concept to put the three of those things together. That's cool. In the leadership training that you're referencing, you know, something that you said or along the lines of something that you said was, and, and it's like we know it, but to hear it out loud is like you're going to influence those around you whether you choose to or not. I mean, our actions, our behaviors, our words have effect on those around us, and it's our choice um, 
to have a positive effect on people, um, whether they're family, whether they're strangers in a grocery store, and just being able to carry yourself in a way that you can be proud of, you know, and um, be the kind of person that we try to instruct other people to be, you know, um, practicing what we preach, so to speak. Um, just like you said of your stepfather, walk and walk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That, that ability to not only profess that and believe that, but to, to emulate that, to leave that in a room. <clears throat> you know, what do you leave behind? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> absolutely. Oh, I love it. It's beautiful. Like Cassie, I hope he knows that you feel that way about him. Okay? So yeah, we're going to take not, a minute. He's not much for mushy-gushy, but he definitely, I think, I think he definitely knows how much he's loved and appreciated, and I haven't been shy in, in sharing that with him, and I think it's pretty evident in our um, relationship as father-daughter and as um, colleagues, you know, getting to work together, doing the work that, that we share a love in. Yeah. It's a blessing. I know as a parent to sit this out to be able to, to work alongside my, my children in in a capacity of something that they love and that we can share together. It's a, it's a beautiful thing as a parent to just know that you have that place that you can come to with your children, you know, mm-hmm. and work and share that love for something. Um, it, just like Cassie and I getting to do this podcast together, you know. She's got three kids, and, and she's busy, and her life rolls on, and yet we both within our world find this time to share this together, and it's been such a beautiful journey for us. So, hey, thank mm-hmm. you for joining us in this place. We, we, get, we get to touch the most beautiful people and get the most beautiful stories. So let's turn these tables on you for just a second, Miss Callie, and uh, let's put you on the pedestal, okay, for just a minute, and let you take just a second to own the fact that you are probably more people's hero in the day than you recognize. Um, I know to your husband and to those two beautiful girls, you stand in that spot, okay? So own that because we all have to find a place to be our own hero and to recognize we got this. So take that for just a moment. And in that place, Kelly, where you stand as that hero, if the world was your stage, all the words that there are out there in this language that you speak, what's your one line of wisdom to the world, Miss Kelly? What does your T-shirt say? Oh, man. Um, I guess be the role model. Um you, you talk about language, and I think a lot of times that comes, our first thought is to take it in, in what we speak, but um, body language, you know, in, in our actions. So um, it's not just in what we can say out loud, but what we can show through our actions and our, our movements and, you know, the body language that we speak as well. Just be the role model um, to others that you do have or would like to have in your own life role model um, for others and let those actions match up with, with your words. Mm, it's beautiful. I love it. Very large t-shirt with lots of <laughs> explaining. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's so simple, like be the role model, right? Yeah. We, we make it complicated. And it's well, it's really easy to bad. tell others what you think they need to do in their lives. But if you put yourself in their shoes, if you meet that person where they're at and just reflect for a moment on, you know, what their life experiences might be or 
um, you know, we fall, we all fall into hypocrisy. We all fall into, um, you know, being able to tell others what they need to do better than what we can act out in our own life. And that's just part of being human. Um, but I think making it a point to show up every single day to um, apply to your life what you're trying, you know, that same kind of wisdom that you're trying to share with others, whether they're friends, family, um, people that you work with. We've heard more than once doing this podcast that one of the things that the the generational gap is is missing is role models, you know, people that are willing to get out in the field and do the work with you. It's not, they don't, they're just, don't tell me, show me. That's, we've heard that over and over again, and I think that's so important because everybody's gotten on a, just like you said, a, a kind of in a bad habit of going, oh, yeah, you need to do it this way, mm. but not, yeah, and when, not living that think, example. When you think about kids and what, I mean, all of us, I mean, when as parents, we bring children into this world and, you know, we might have a good heart and good intentions to show up for our kids, but we all fall short because life is busy. And, um, you know, I try to catch myself. <laughs> I do catch myself um, on multiple occasions, you know, just not um, being the role model that I have set that expectation for, um, for myself as a mom. And, it, it constantly comes back to just reflecting upon what do I tell parents that I work with? You know, what do I share with families What in, in my work in a professional manner? And am I doing that in my own life? Am I doing that as a mother or as a wife or as a daughter? Um, that that yeah. work in, a, in the relationship and coexisting in your home, in your community, in your world. Because um, that change, it doesn't start from outside of your home and your community, that change that you want to see starts from inside you, starts from your heart, and then it gets projected out. The influence that we have on our own children, they take that with them out into the world. Absolutely. You know, and I think on the other side of that, if you're willing to admit, you know, if you're willing to share that and you're willing to admit that everybody falls short of that, then as a therapist, it makes you look human, right? Mm. Because you're not trying to tell them, nope, this is how you do it, this is the perfect way. Because if, if, if you're trying to relate to them, I feel like that's a fantastic point to make is, look, everybody falls short, even me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I, I, none of us are – I think anybody who tries to say that they've got it down, especially as a parent, um, they're bluffing because – nobody has it all together all the time. Um, that is not a bluff. And that I is think a big, fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have um, forgiveness for ourselves. I know as a mother I put a lot of pressure on myself um, to show up, to perform, to be, you know, I, I, I've set standards for myself and then I – I can be really hard on myself at times too. And so there's this other side of things. It's like, yeah, it's okay to set expectations. It's okay to, you know, um, set that bar high so that you can be the kind of parent you want to be or so that 
uh, or whatever aspect in your life, you know, but also being forgiving of ourselves um, and having, allowing ourselves that grace too. Um, it is okay. We are going to fall short, and it's okay that when we do, um, and that's why it's important to have a support system and people that you can share those experiences with and share that emotion with, you know, be vulnerable at times. You don't always have to be, um, <clears throat> you don't always have to have it all together either. And that is part of what makes us human. When we can connect with that, you don't, what's important is that you don't stay there, but you have to recognize it so that you can move, move on with it too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, very rewarding as a parent to sit here on this end and listen to the generation coming up that's right in that next one, have that kind of self-love as a parent. I appreciate it. I think it's one of the things that my generation didn't practice. And so I think most of the people around teaching you how to love yourself again are going to be my age, wishing we had learned it when we were your age. Mm. So that is a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful lesson to pass on. I, I so appreciate it. Ladies, I hate as much as I know that I can carry this conversation on for the rest of the day. We are coming to that time when we want to make sure our audience stays in that place where we are something that they can do in their journey. So we're going to cut our time, and it, I, I hate it because this has been such a beautiful conversation. Kelly, thank you so much for your insight, your wisdom, and your time today and for joining us. We would love thank our you. audience to always rem- yeah, we'd love for our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If we can serve you in some way, if we you want to chat, if you want to have a conversation, if you have a story you want to share or some wisdom you want to invite with the world, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Let's take a moment for some, some final thoughts and some closeouts. So, Kathy, what would you like to leave our audience with today? Um, I would like to leave our audience with a challenge, you know, piggybacked onto this conversation that, You have to love yourself. And if you're looking to make a change, whether it be in your professional life or your personal life, relationship, whatever it is, the change starts with you. So my challenge for everyone is to take an inventory. You know, if there's a situation that you're looking to change, what can you change inside yourself to start that ripple? And see where it goes. Beautiful. Callie? We would be honored if you would take the stage, give us the last 90 seconds to close us out for us. How would you like to leave our audience today? I mean, I really like what Kathy said, just kind of tying it all back to this conversation. And, um, you know, we can't change um, or we can't control the decisions that other people make, but we do have our own choices. And if you're recognizing that you need something to shift in your life, um, that you have a choice to, to create that change for yourself and for those that you love and care about. And so, you know, if you do that self-inventory at the same time, you know, recognize who is it that you can reach out for um, help or for guidance. Um, and, yeah, just be forgiving of yourself and understanding. Um, but at the same time, you know, don't settle, don't settle for less. You know, challenge yourself to just be better each day to create that change um, in your life each day. We never stop. We never stop growing. We shouldn't. We should never stop growing or learning. 